Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Psalm 81. Sing for joy to God our strength. Shout aloud to the God of Jacob. Begin the music, strike the timbrel, play the melodious harp and lyre. Sound the ram's horn at the new moon. And when the moon is full on the day of our festival, this is a decree for Israel, an ordinance of the, the God of Jacob. When God went out against Egypt, he established it as a statute for Joseph. I heard an unknown voice say, I removed the burden from their shoulders. Their hands were set free from the basket. In your distress, you called and I rescued you. I answered you out of the thundercloud. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear me, my people, and I will warn you. If you would only listen to me, Israel, you shall have no foreign God among you. You shall not worship any God other than me. I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen to me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment would last forever. But you would be fed with the finest of wheat. With honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. So as we go through this global pandemic together, if you were to name this season in your life, and you had to put a name on this season, it kind of helps you think about how you see it. What name would you put on it? Renata and I this week were at Chick-fil-A and we were navigating the contactless ordering, the Chick-fil-A person that brings out the, the, the cart and hands you your food, but you can't touch. And I was wearing some gloves in order to get the, the Chick-fil-A salads and Renata just looks at me and she said, I feel like we're living in a movie. Is this a dream? And all of us are in a different season than we're used to. This feels so different. And so how we define it matters. And so what name would you put on it? Like some of you, you would think of this as just, 
a season to endure. You might call this a journey. Like this is kind of rascal flats to you. This is life is a highway. I'm gonna ride this thing through. I'm gonna endure through this and get through this. Others of you might look at this like, this is just kind of the chance. This is kind of things that happen. I'll take it as it comes, whatever. Little, little Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump. Life is like a box of chocolates. Never know what you're gonna get. Whatever happens will be okay. I wanna invite you though, to look at this biblical theme that we see in Psalm 81. And it's, it's a Psalm that's connected to the idea of celebrating the wilderness season where God delivered his people out of Egypt into the wilderness. And in the wilderness, they became dependent on God. And we find all throughout the Bible, an emphasis on the wilderness. And here's the unique thing about the wilderness. It's in the wilderness that you start to lean on God like never before, that you depend on him, that you begin to need him and recognize him. So what if instead of enduring, we're treasuring? What if instead of just looking at everything's kind of just ho-hum and whatever will be, will be, what if you had this vision that you're gonna come out of this wilderness season closer to God? That's my dream for us today. My dream is that you would come out of this pandemic closer to God. Because when you think about wilderness, we think of trees and streams, but in the Bible, the language is closer to a desert. And in a desert, nothing can live unless it's miraculous, right? Like trees don't live because there's no water. Like animals don't live. Human life doesn't live. So, so it would take a miracle. And that's what took place with the people of God. And so Psalm 81 is a connection to the Feast of Tabernacles where once a year they would come back and celebrate. Hey, God delivered us. We were wholly dependent on him. He worked a miracle in the wilderness, in the desert, and he took care of us. And what if that was your vision for this season? What if you named it? Hey, I'm in a season, but in this season, I'm depending on God like never before. I got to admit, um, one of my favorite movies is The Princess Bride. Now, don't laugh. It's actually going to hit Disney Plus this week. So all of you that love you, a little Wesley and Buttercup is coming out a little little Andre the Giant. This is a big week on Disney Plus. And my kids know it. I love to quote little lines from this. Sorry, a little bit of information from the closet of David. You know, I like that movie. And there's a moment in there where Wesley says, soon we'll be safe in the fire swamp. Buttercup says, we'll never survive. And Wesley says, you're only saying that because no one ever has. And here's the idea. They're saying, it's impossible to survive the fire swamp. That's what the Israelites would have thought when they were going to, in mass, go into the desert. We'll never survive unless God takes care of us. When God intervenes, when God reaches down and provides a way supernaturally, then not only will the people of God be closer to God, but the people of God will have seen God work powerfully. And I am believing for us to take Psalm 81, go into the season and see God move. Actually, when we read how the Israelites responded in the middle of the wilderness, is most of the time they whined. They came to Moses. Did God bring us out to die? Moses had accusation towards him. How dare you bring us out here to die? And in this text, we're gonna see that this was a moment 
Psalm 81, where we read a story about where they looked to Moses and they began to whine. And I think it's true that when you're in the wilderness, you're either going to whine or you're going to win. You're either going to have accusation towards God. God, how dare I go through this hard time? How dare I go through this miserable season? Or are you going to win? My dream is to help you win today. I want us to look at Psalm 81. And I've got three different prayers. My goal is that you would pray these three prayers. The first is, God, sustain me. It's this idea of asking God, Lord, I, I need you to take care of me in the wilderness. And then it's the second one, God, speak to me. God, I want to listen to your voice. I want to hear you. And then the third one is this, God, satisfy me. Satisfy me in the wilderness. May you be where I find contentment. And so the title of the message today is Winning in the Wilderness. And I want to invite you to pray these three prayers with me. So here in verse 7 of Psalm 81, it's a psalm of Asaph. And it's telling this story in verse 7 of Meribah. What was Meribah? Well, it was this story that we read about in Exodus 17 where God provided water from a rock when everyone was thirsty. It's an intriguing story. So if you go back and look at it, and that's what Psalm 81 is referencing, it's when the people come out and they say, God, did you, did you bring us out in the wilderness to die? And they begin to yell at Moses, hey, we're thirsty. And it's interesting because then when Moses goes to God, God says, Moses, get out your staff. Now, when you think about the moment where God says to Moses, get out your staff, this could easily be the moment where God, in frustration with the people of God that are quarreling, that are bringing accusations, says, I'm done with these people. I'm going to wipe them out. And Moses has in his memory the moment where he held up his staff at the Red Sea and opened up the waters and there's this wall of water and it was then that as the Egyptians began to come through that Moses held up his staff again and the waters fell onto them and so all of the Egyptians were killed and maybe in Moses's memory it's this wondering what will take place what's gonna go on right now get out the staff these people are quarreling or whining or complaining or grumbling and God doesn't respond towards the people of God that way in this moment he sustains them in this moment Moses taps the rock he strikes the rock and God gives supernaturally water from the rock and so the Israelites that were physically thirsty it's the grace mercy kindness love of God that gives them what they need. I want to encourage you with this. This verse 7, this is us. God, it's like Meribah. We're going to call to you and you're going to rescue us and we're asking. And I want to invite you to let God be your sustainer right now. I want to invite you to begin to think about that God has supernaturally provided for people in generations past. He's providing right now, and He is supernaturally sustaining. God still does miracles. And as you look at your physical body, your family, your bank account, your business, 
I want you to know that you have a God that right now, when you call upon Him, He delights in you. And it's not every time that we call upon Him that we see miracles, but He loves to give good gifts to His children. It's amazing how we serve a God. And in this moment that we read in verse seven, it's one who's filled with grace. And so imagine and when Moses calls upon Him and it's this remembering, God, you're the one who miraculously worked to bring us out of Egypt. You're the one who miraculously brought the plagues to deliver us. That's the verse seven idea. You're the one that miraculously put the wall of water up at the Red Sea so that we could pass through. And then we're the ones that benefited from seeing fire by night, cloud by day, miraculously God sustained them. You need light, I'll sustain you. You need food, okay. Here's manna from heaven. You need in this text right here in Exodus 17, and that's what Psalm 81 would have been talking about right here, where they would gather at the Feast of Tabernacles and celebrate this moment where God sustained them in the wilderness, and He will sustain us too. It's the same God. He's the God that has a heart to sustain you. So in the middle of a global pandemic, I wanna invite you to look at God and say, rescue me, deliver me. You're the God who still does miracles. Deliver me, sustain me, God. I love verse 13 because it sounds just like something I would say to my kids. Like, doesn't it sound just like a parent? Here's God saying to the people of Israel, verse 13, if my people would just listen to me, if Israel would just follow my ways, that sounds just like what we would say to our children, where we desire that they would hear us and just obey, just do what I'm telling you to do. And this is what God would say to us. I remember uh, some years back when uh, Renata told our kids not to use a bike that was in our garage where the brakes had broke. And so she said, don't use this bike. Why? Because she cared for them. Was she mean? No, it's because that bike didn't have brakes and that could hurt our kids. And one of my kids got on that bike, headed straight down the hill, was headed straight towards traffic. And the other kids began to yell in fear. And mama bear Renata went and didn't just tackle the kid. I mean, like full on tackled the bike, knocked over the kid, scratched up the kid. The kid looks at mom like, what are you doing? But we all know that mom saved the kid's life, even though the kid was just a little scratched up. And here's what we do with God. We say, hey, God, why is life so hard? And he's looking at us saying, if you would just listen to me and follow me, if you would just take time to hear what I've told you to do. I just picture Yahweh and he's, if they would just keep me as God, you shall have no other gods before me. If they would just not commit adultery, if they would just not lie, if they would just not covet, if you would just listen to what I told you and follow. And this is one of the key things that God speaks in the wilderness. Listen to me, follow me. We love his voice, don't we? Like what if we just slowed down long enough to listen? It's actually in the wilderness that God loves to speak. I mean, imagine the story in Exodus 3 where Moses hears God at the burning bush. Or imagine the moment where Elijah hears God in 1 Kings 19. And it's just the whisper. It's not the fire, the wind, the earthquake. It's the whisper. 
maybe the wilderness is your moment to hear. John the Baptist, John 1, I'm a voice crying in the wilderness. I just picture John the Baptist in the wilderness able to hear God. Or maybe even Jesus, he gets alone with the Father in Matthew chapter 4 and he's fasting. And before he goes into ministry, he's just with God. Could be that the wilderness is our season to be with God and just stop and listen. And that's the idea here in verse 13. If my people would just listen to me, if Israel would just follow me, I want to invite you to get this prayer alive inside of you during this wilderness time. God, speak to me. So Psalm 81 concludes with this idea. I will satisfy you with honey from a rock. What does that mean? So here's Yahweh and he's saying, there's water from the rock, but this idea is honey. It's this idea of sweetness. It's this idea of there is more available for you. I would have taken care of you. If you would just listen and follow, I've got more available than you can fathom. And so we know that they got what they needed for their bodies. That was the idea we talked about in sustaining God. But here in Satisfy Me, it's similar to that area we, we talked about in Psalm 16 where he satisfies us. He gives us more than we can imagine. There are longings in us that only God can give. And so here is in this Psalm, you can't imagine, I, God, want to take care of the longings inside of you. And yeah, there's the physical longings, but even beyond that, the longings that I built inside of you, you're made with desires. This desire to be loved, this desire to be known that only God can fulfill. And so the weight of these longings, the world can't fulfill those longings. It's just like the desert can't fulfill the needs of the Israelite people. They need God or else they die. You know what? Spiritually, you need God. Your emotions, they can't make it without God. You need God. You're made for relationship. You're made for God. And so the weightiness of your longings, <laughs> they can't, you can't the, the world can't support it. It's, I was thinking about it this way. When my kids were little, uh, Renata and I bought uh, doll table and doll chairs for my little girls. And so they love to play dolls. And so just this table and these chairs, they're little tiny table and chairs made for dolls. My boy Dawson, the oldest, decided he was gonna sit on the doll chair. And when he sat on the doll chair, the little tiny doll chair couldn't support the little boy. So Dawson sat his kid backside on the doll chair to smash my little girl's doll chair. Why? Doll chair can't support big Doss. Here's the reality. All that this world has to offer is like the doll chair. It can't support the longings inside of you that only God can fulfill. Only God can satisfy you. Only God can meet your deepest needs. And it's this relationship with him. Think about through that moment when you first gave your life to Jesus and he set you free and you had this awareness of him. And I wanna invite you to go back into realizing, God, you satisfy me. Psalm 16, we talked about a couple weeks ago that you satisfy me with eternal pleasures at your right hand. There are supernatural pleasures, supernatural longings. It's like joy from the rock. Only God can give it. And Yahweh looks at Israel just like God looks at us today and says, only I can satisfy you.
The pleasures of the planet do not compare to what I give. And so our final prayer is this, oh God, satisfy me in the wilderness. So there are lots of practical things here in Psalm 81 that we can apply to our lives that will help us. I wanna give you just three of them. The first one is this, the whole context of Psalm 81 is remembering at the Feast of Tabernacles is when they would do it, but remembering when God saved his people out of Egypt. And so I wanna invite you to, in a practical way, thank God this week. And that's a way that you can remember what he's done for you. Just thank him for salvation the same way that they would thank God for delivering them from Egypt and remembering all these different ways that God was at work. If you can come back and just say, God, I remember, I am so thankful that you saved me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. But put it in your words. God, there was a time where I was a punk and I was living for me and you saved me. Or there was a time where I was addicted and you set me free. Or there was a time where I was living for pleasure and I was a hedonist or I was living in materialism and you saved me. You put my feet on a rock. Jesus, you saved me. But if you'll just in your time with God, even begin to write out, God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's a way of remembering what God's done for you. Another one is this, it's verse one, but it's this idea of sing for joy or rejoicing. And I know that when I say that, some of you think, no, I'm not a singer. Then I wanna invite especially you because in this context, it wouldn't have been because you're a good singer. It would have been, hey, as all of us remember what God has done for us, one of the ways that we remember is to sing it. We sing for joy what God has done. But in our culture, our context, it's easy for us to check out of singing when we're not good singers. And I wanna invite you, especially in this season where we're in isolation, keep singing. Don't stop singing. Whether you have a good voice or a bad voice, keep singing. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys have sat through kids' choirs. Uh, I'm someone that because I was at a little tiny Christian school when I was a little kid, I sat through a whole lot of just different choirs. And when you listen to like a preschool choir, they're all singing loud. They're all singing a, a one thing, twinkle, twinkle, little star. They don't care. They're just happy and singing twinkle, twinkle. Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And they're happy and they're singing and they're going for it. And then you watch second grade, third grade, fifth grade, seventh grade by eighth grade. And if it's, a, if it's like everybody has to sing kind of moment, well, they're starting to be a little bit cautious, nervous about how they sound. Now it's different for like the show choir people that are all like proud of who they are. That's a different choir. I'm talking about the mandated choir. Some people that feel like they can't sing, they're kind of quiet. They're kind of too cool for school. They're nervous about what people think of them. And all of us over years and then decades, sometimes we just start to identify, I'm gonna sing based upon it if I'm a good singer. Forget it. The mandate right here is this, sing for joy. So I wanna invite you, if you're a bad singer, boom turn up the volume or of your TV. Or if you're a bad singer, who cares? If somebody's condemning you in the, in the living room, tell them to be quiet. And I wanna invite you guys, let's sing for joy. I mean, in the car, in, as you run, just God, you've been so good. I raise a hallelujah, but sing, don't stop singing. So remember 
God has done for you in sending His Son, Jesus, and your salvation. And rejoice in song. Sing. And then this last one is in verse 9 where it says, You shall have no other gods before me. One of the best things we can do is come before God here in Psalm 81 and just repent. It is easy for all of us to create idols in our land, our culture, our time. It was easy then and it's easy now where we give our affections to something other than God. So instead of defending yourself and saying, ah, oh, that's not really an idol, now just repent all you can. Come before God and say, God, forgive me. I do not want this to be an idol in my life. And just name it. What are the things that you tend to elevate? God, I do not want my image to be an idol in my life. Your first place. God, I don't want money to be an idol in my life. Your first place. God, you're number one in my life. You shall have no other gods before me. God, you're first. And I repent of putting anything else as my supreme affection. You're number one. You're what I want. So I invite you, if you'll do that, I think you can even just take that and you could apply some of those things in your time alone with God. If you'll come before him and just thank you, God, for salvation. Lord, I'm amazed by you. Sing. And then just look at your life. Come back. Oh God, is there anything in this last week that I've set as a higher affection than you? Oh no, God, I love the Lord my God with all my heart. You're my first affection. You're supreme. You're my treasure. You're number one. I repent of anything else. I'm going to remember God. I'm going to rejoice in God. And I'm going to repent of anything that God would say, that's taken up too much affection in your heart. The real estate of your heart has allowed that to take up way too much space, it's now an idol. And just repent of it. Just crush those idols. Come before God, say those things, and you'll watch. You will be in a wilderness season, but you'll be close to God. You'll find yourself thriving, winning in the wilderness. Radiant Church, we can all take a spiritual step today. And I just wanna invite you to ask the Holy Spirit what the Holy Spirit is inviting you to do today. What's your next step? Actually, as I was preparing this message, the one that I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me was to just listen. I'm a doer. I like to do stuff and just to listen and follow was what the Holy Spirit was just putting on my heart. And I wanna invite you just to take even these different points and just ask the Holy Spirit, what's he inviting you to do? What's the spiritual step that you can take? Many of you might hear this and think, I really need to rejoice and sing. Some of you might say, I wanna see God do miracles in my life again. And so I'm gonna say, God, would you sustain me in this season of life that's a wilderness? In fact, uh, in this time, we've all been committing to read the Psalms and many of you have committed to read four Psalms a day. And some of you might just need to take that step. God, I've been resisting that read the Psalms thing, but now I'm jumping all in. And I wanna invite you to just take a step. I'm gonna read the Psalms. I'm gonna jump in and read four Psalms a day. Maybe you're hearing this and you go, I have an idol in my life. And you just wanna come before God and just repent. Say, God, I'm taking a spiritual step. I'm going to repent. Maybe you're watching and, and you've been hearing us talk about jumping into small groups and you know this is your moment. 
step into a digital small group. Honestly, one of my favorite things right now that's helping me is just being connected to so many different digital small groups and hearing, carrying one, one another's burdens. I was just reading that in Galatians about carrying each other's burdens and right now would be a great moment for you to take a step and join a small group. Some of you could take a step and not think about me, but think about others and jump in and help us do outreach as we're trying to make a difference. And you could just download the Serve app and you could just find Radiant Church and help others in this time. Or there's so many different ways that you could take a spiritual step, but don't just consume this today. Let's all have this be a moment where we take a step and we say, I'm gonna move forward in my journey with God. And some of you hear this and your next step is to become a follower of Jesus. You hear this and you go, maybe there was a time where you were really running after God. And so maybe it's not a first time commitment. Maybe it's just a recommitment. Some of you, it might be a first time commitment, but if that's you, I wanna invite you to take that spiritual step today and make a decision to follow Jesus. Uh, I was reading John 7 in light of Psalm 81. And Jesus in John 7 stands up at the Feast of Tabernacles and he says, if you're thirsty, come to me. And there are many of you right now, you're going, I'm thirsty for God. I want to come to Jesus today and I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. And I want to invite you just to pray this prayer and make that decision right now. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Just say that prayer. Change me. Make me a new person. I give you everything. Give me new life in Christ. I will follow you. I want to spend eternity with you. If you just made that decision and prayed that prayer, it's the best decision that you could ever make. And I want to invite you, just right there on the platform that you're on, would you just tell us You can direct message us. You can email us, yes, at radiantchurchkc.com. But you can just communicate with us that you have decided to follow Jesus. And we want to be in contact with you today.